So this is the first time, well, the last week or so, I've started to use a laptop. Well, I've been using a laptop before, but I finally have a new laptop where I can properly play with Zoom and stuff. It's a lot different than my old laptop, which I've had since junior year of uh, college that my girlfriend at the time gave me. And I'm not a... I, I love technology. I, I get the newest phone wherever it kind of comes out after a little bit. I always love the new Samsung TV. But for every reason, my laptop, I have always treated it as type, professional emails, have Wi-Fi access, and be able to print. And I've never really put much time into it. I'm not a gamer in that sense. Um, I don't watch movies. I mean, my laptop still has the DVD player in it. Yeah, so, man, I wish I had that, man. Why they took that away is ridiculous. I can't even burn like CDs onto it thing i have to go to the cloud or some shit like that well it's just Boy. super crazy and what's like everyone's like why don't you just get a new laptop or we'll buy you a new laptop for the road or for touring i go guys it's not i can afford a laptop the mm -hmm. the good problem is i love something that's super reliable uh i wish it was american made because i'd still have it uh but it's one of those things where it's like hey if it's not broken why fix it yeah right? yeah it's uh you're right, but you do have to update just because speed. Speed yes. is, a, a, you know, enormous. Content's king, and you have to be able to churn out the right content professionally. And now with Sanjay yeah. doing the Spear Talk stuff, I need to be able to send him the right files through Dropbox. Yeah, you need all that. You yeah. need all that big RAM, and you just need the speed. And just, man, as much as I wish they had some old items like the DVD player or something like that, you can obviously connect accessories in, but then you're just bringing all this fucking bells and whistles along with the bullshit. Um, it's nice to have a thin laptop that basically is, it's almost like your phone these days is better than your damn desktop. It can do things your desktop can't do quicker. Well, the other day someone's like, well, would, like I was on another, I did another podcast for a friend in the UK mm -hmm. and he was talking about guilty pleasures on days off or on the road. I go, well, I like taking pictures with, uh, Sanjay got me this, or uh, he helped me pick out this new Fuji camera for my landscape stuff. Cause my Ansel Adams love and all this. And, and I go, but here's the thing. If the convenience of the new iPhone or whatever the new phone is, the pictures are just as good as some of these cameras out there that you can spend thousands of dollars on and you can literally take a picture. I can send it to you. And it's like, Oh, who took, Oh, what camera do you use? Oh, my iPhone. It's incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, unless you're blowing printing right, or, you know, or you're doing a client, you know, client Correct. work, even, even if the client's just using it for socials or online, they still want that, detail that the phone can't grab but for your everyday use like i'm walking the dog that's a funny thing take a photo of it your cameras your phone's the best thing in the world right it's yeah. convenient you can load it right to socials because that's all you're doing so yeah like if you're just a normal like hey i just want to shoot photos great go get a decent camera don't spend a while but it's so funny because i listen i love expensive cameras i don't have gear right now but i love like leicas and all the fuji medium formats but again unless you're doing professional work or you're doing books or prints or whatever um sometimes you kind of go well what do i need all that for if this thing is going to do enough for me let's but talk then it about comes down to the the artistry man i mean you, again, right. you can like do so much right there but what it can do it's fucking amazing what you mentioned uh dog pictures and the last week or so it feels like you've been watching this dog max and Every day when you post a picture of a panel, like, dude, this is like a human being. And it really reaffirms my love of all things dogs and why I really hate cats. Uh, this funny, okay, so the dog thing. So this is- Where is he right now? He's fine on his bed right there. He's just, he's Damn. just, he just, 
He did. Dude, he's just. We did a long walk, so he's exhausted, and it's raining here, which he hates because it gets on his new coat that I just washed yesterday. I washed him. I bathed him like a little child. He's just so funny. Um, this is my thirteenth day with him. This couple. Um, I'm. You know, I'm watching them. They went back home to France, and they wow. wanted someone. And I said, "Look, I've been working with pit bulls, volunteering with them. Um, so I'm used to the breed and the breed." They've totally changed my mind of what the breed was. I'm like anyone else. I knew dogs well enough, but I'd always had shepherds or collies. Dogs are a little bit more. The shepherds aren't always that. They're they can be mean, but they're more gentle. They're very gentile. And pit bulls, they've had this. You know, it's like any dog. You Chihuahua, the bad owner, can be a vicious little guy. But they're the sweetest little things, man. And him, he's a different kind of dog, man. You're right. Taking photos of them is like taking photos of the human being. He just, and I listen, I, I, but like, yeah, dude, I, I, not being without dogs for two years on and off, uh, and being with him again, it's what I, what I feel I know I've been lacking in just in two weeks is what I've been lacking in my life. I've had dogs my whole life. When I was married, I had, we had four dogs. It was just like, that was my thing. It was just like my, they grounded me. They made me feel calm. They, they got me centered. They gave me something to care about. Um, yep. And, and not like a human who can take care of himself if the wheels come off with well, a dog. Well, it's really can. so yeah. right. Some, uh, the, the dog needs you 100%. And it, it's, it, I mean, him sleeping by my head, it's just, it's all the good stuff, dude. And he's just a wonderful little boy. And um, they're very lucky to have him. No, very I lucky love to have him. So, Again, but dude, so speaking it. of cats, I'm not a cat guy either. I, I only because most of the reason is like, I don't, not like cats it's just i have bad allergies to their dander but the little guy next door is this black cat named porch and i call him porch the taunter because max will go up to him and that cat doesn't move an inch and like will swat at him you know he's just like he's like a dog but a cat but not even like a dog cat he's like a weird hybrid and he's like he's definitely uh he's definitely got that kind of what that what's that uh thing honey badger mentality yes like a wolverine yeah. like a little yeah he's uh, like a wolverine that's like a wolverine cat that's cat. the hybrid yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah dude so that's what's been going on there um so i know one of the things we were going to discuss today when we we're talking about doing this episode which we have we haven't done in a while because we thankfully both been kind of busy with yeah, yeah other no, things um uh, was the idea that victoria's secret which has been a staple in malls for as long as i can remember and our society and models uh, I've decided to switch gears for some reason and basically pull away all the dreamy uh, women they've used as their models to kind of lure people in. Best marketing scheme of all time, as far as I'm concerned. But now I've decided to switch it up to go to plus size models, which is, hey, no offense. They, but they, you know, those people have been buying and shopping in those stores forever. And then bringing right. people and like mo- moving up to like Megan Rapino, who's, I don't know what to describe who she is anymore. I know she's obviously part of the gay and lesbian group. Good for her. That's great. You know, one of my favorite soccer players of all time is Abby Wambach. She's, she's gay and lesbian and she's a staunch supporter of all his rights, but she's also a fucking proud American, man. She was always about that. She always, when I saw her playing, man, I just felt like she always felt like the cavalry coming into a match. And Rapino is kind of the other way, kind of detests the country, has really a lot of bad things to say that loves the attention and money she makes off of wearing the wearing the uniform and the colors of the flag has a lot to say about it and now it's all of a sudden she's become so outspoken to the point where um 
It's like LeBron almost, where it's super. Yeah, she's like it's overridden her talent, which is aging. She's getting long in the tooth. This is probably her last go around with the U.S. team, which is really good because she's a distraction. She makes it about her, her little taking the knee and doing this and doing that. Yet, ironically, last week the tweets are uncovered of her and her her anti-Asian slant or making fun of Asian slant. She might be kidding with a friend, but nowadays. Your fear well, game. it's like you can't pick and choose what's a joke or not. If that size yeah. is the right side. So, but, 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 but as usual, as usual, those things are swept under the carpet because, well, it's Megan Rapinoe and she she has the right group think, right? So she's not going to be, she's not going to lose her position. She's certainly not going to lose her new standing with Victoria's Secret of being one of their models. Yes, she's in shape. She's a professional athlete. I'm not going to deny her that. She's you, not going to look like, she's not going to be one of these long-legged skinny birds that they've been using for a long time. But I just feel that her celebrity and cult of status now is based more on her firm social stances on things, which sometimes are seriously misguided. And they take away her, the beauty of her sport and the beauty of her athletic ability and even maybe some of her attractiveness. It's all kind of kicked aside. And you kind of wonder at the end of the day, why is Victoria's Secret doing this? Are they losing market share? Are they getting ready to be sold? Do they just not care anymore? Or do they really, they really, really think that this is the way of, of the world and this is the prevailing winds? I just, it's one of those things too where like every time I've gone there with my girlfriend or, or you're with the ball, strip shopping your uh, mom or sisters there, family, they, oh, we're going to Victoria's Secret. All the guys will literally sit on those benches off front and just talk shit, grab a coffee and just kind of laugh at. But every time yeah. I've been in there, I've seen every walk of life, black, white, yeah. heavy, skinny, does, who cares? Yeah. But even the models and some of the ads, especially in the last five, six years, I've noticed they've done some plus size stuff. They've done some different people where maybe as they should, you know, represent, represent your shop, represent your customer, not the ideal, but your customer. And they do that. They do that very well. And everyone has the right to be sexy. I don't care who you are. If you're in a wheelchair, if you're not, who cares? Like you deserve that. And if you could go to a store that caters to the sexiness culture, then why not? I just... I think you're onto something with the the selling of the company because this seems too far. Now I don't know the numbers how COVID affected uh, the stores and stuff. I I would assume uh, from everyone being at home that they want to spice up their love life and get some sexy lingerie. And I don't know how the sales would be affected, but it well, is. Well, yeah, impressive. you would think that, that they could either spice or so people just didn't care. You know, look at the amount of people who like let themselves go as like, hey, my hair is all gray now or I put on weight. And and I think that applies to the bedroom as well. Um, and I think a lot of, they're overpriced for what it is. I mean, women can go to Target and, and get nice things, too, that look just the same. They just don't have the thing in it. But I've seen every walk of life where they're off brand juicy. Right. And that's a, that's a bit you I haven't I've seen anyone from like uh the ghetto style uh, the ghetto style types wearing the juicy on the rear end on some sweatpants to j-lo wearing it it's just you know that's a that's an iconic thing too well that change uh, because we always tend to look at this they always tend to, to sell this as some sort of white person's perspective blacks hispanics uh asians any kind you know middle eastern women who shop at those things also will go wait a minute why are they doing this i shop there i like to look good in this stuff why now do i what it's doing is shaming people who uh, uh, who look like some of these models who are thin, who do take care of themselves, who who are, look a certain way. That's that's now you're shaming them because of the way they look. No one ever shamed someone because they were overweight shopping there. You know, 
come come I, one come all that was never was, like well you have to be 510 and 110 pounds of shopping here that was never protocol where the fuck do they get that i think uh maybe this ties into this but the other day i was talking to a friend and we're literally talking about this and life in general and we're talking about Remember when Adele, obviously we knew Adele when she first came out, she's really big, yeah. but she's happy, but she spoke her mind. She was true to herself. Well, she loses that weight. She's the same person, still loves herself, decided to get healthy. And now those same people that were, are, they're literally skinny shaming her. We live in a world where as a celebrity, and I'm putting celebrities in this bubble here because you and I, we're not in that whatever, but as a celebrity, if they choose to lose weight or do something different or whatever, they now get shamed because they made a decision on themselves. Like, it's super, super weird, man. Well, dude, I, it's funny you say that because they'll shame her, but then they'll bravo J-Lo when she gets in better shape. She's lost weight. She's looking great. <sighs> but then it's, it's like, it's okay for some, you know, uh, not for others, because Adele to some women represented them. It's like, Remember when the young, uh, the older English woman, I can't remember her name, like me, one that America's got talent, the, the voice. Remember that she walked out like the, she looked like some like sort of like, you know, a nanny to like English children. And she had that incredible voice, like operatic voice. I can't remember her late name for life. I mean, that's how quickly the celebrity uh, thing works. You're, you're already gone tomorrow. Um, but she got a makeover when she decided to put an album out and she caught hell for that. Why aren't she the like, why aren't you the crazy looking ants anymore with the angelic voice? Well, you know why? Because I'm on a global stage now and I want to be appealing and feel confident. Right. Um, you know, having a great voice is one part of the confidence, but looking and, and being approachable in that manner is another one. That's just part of that game. But dude, as far as the shaming thing, I, it's asinine because you know what? This culture that like knocks people for that, those are the same people that have zero self-discipline, zero self-care, zero self-worth when it comes to taking care of the one thing they have control of, which is their bodies. And it, dude, and it comes to confidence thing. Those people are so highly insecure. The idea of taking care of yourself, not only for your physical look, for your, like the, that kind of like surface level kind of thing, appeal, but dude, how much better do you feel when you eat better, you're working out, you're sticking to your program and you're hitting your gains and your goals. You, your confidence level goes to the roof and that shows. 100%. And it, you become a better worker, a better friend, a better family member, a better lover, a better spouse, a better killer. everything. Yeah. A better killer. Um, everything, dude. You're so centered at that point. And that right there is what drives them crazy because you know what they do? They hate people taking stock in themselves because they're not controllable at that point. So if this case is with Victoria's Secret Corporation is going under, at this point, they're going to live in, they don't have to live and die by the go woke, go broke they're going to get woke because they're already broke. Right. So yeah, that's, that's their last thing. They want to go into, they're going to get, basically they turned tail and ran from their core customer base that they've had for 25 plus years now. I mean, those modeling shows were like such a wonderful thing. I mean, I was with women and dated women and we'd watch that show together and they weren't on, they weren't, they would have self admittedly say, I'm not that model, but this is amazing. This is so cool. Did you know, you Lenny see... Kravitz playing there in front oh, of the models yeah. and they're dressed in wings and it's hell just yeah. it's cosplay, man. It's it's sexy cosplay at the end of the fucking day. It's it's Zoolander, baby. Yeah, but now they just want to they just want to turn it into another thing. And listen, that's their that's fine. I don't shop there. My, the, you know. 
Did so, you see yeah. the? We're talking of athletes. Uh, did you see the athlete? I don't know what sport she was in, but a transgender athlete, and she said she. I think it was track and field. Not no, the way. She, are you talking about, about, talk about the BMX girl? Yes, and she yeah, said she, she wins gold. She wants to burn the American flag on the podium. That right there, kick her off any U.S. sport. Like, what do you? That's what your goal is. Well, well that here the, the problem there is the U.S. Olympic team cowers now down to everything. They all oh. cower down. Dude, this one percent uh, thing has taken over and created such a fear in the greater majority for some reason because I guess they get the louder voice. And quite honestly, most of us just want to go about our lives, kind of shrug our shoulders as things that go on. And that's what they hope for that we just shrug our shoulders and things because Part. then they can take over more of the landscape to bitch and moan about things. Her though, and she's saying, well, this is her thing was like, well, the Olympics. Is is basically what her excuse was. This is when they take advantage of transgender children. Children should be getting transgender operations. You kidding me? That's illegal for one. It's ungodly and it's 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 masochistic. So who's doing that, by the way? Uh, where where is she getting this from? It's basically a. Listen, I'll get turned off calls. I mean, you can be able to. Just because you cut the junk off doesn't change a goddamn thing. Like the the, the New Zealand fucking the power um, lifter. Power lifter. Basically, what you've just done now is destroyed women's sports. The Olympics are done. They're they're done the, from a female's find, perspective. They're done. What I find interesting is that you and I, as a male, people could be like, "Oh, you don't know it's male versus female." Take us out of the equation. Every other country, the premier athlete in that sport that is a regular was a born a female. Um, has said this is the most biggest distress, destruction to the sport, to the industry, women's sports. So if you're old female, Dude, title nine, um, it's everything that women fought for to get qualities now just been thrown, shown the fucking door because you've got people who are just not mentally there that want to do this thing. I'm like, as like a friend of mine, it posted something that said, Hey, if, if men wanted to beat women so bad at a sport that you just kept playing co-ed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why do you have to go to this thing? Because you can't compete on that level with men, but you still want to do that sport. And my thing is this, okay, that's going to happen. It's out there. The trans thing, we'll get to another thing that's going on with the whole deal. And this, I'm not trying to drag the, 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 knock the trans thing. That's fine. And Danny, go on living your life. But when you get it to get a competitive edge on someone, because that's all you're doing, um, either a, the Olympics, like every other sport should create a third category, which would make everything fair. And we could all live with that. But the center basically, and they basically, you're going to take someone like, let's say like there's a, there's a male track star. You can tell me that like uh, Alex and Felix and all these incredible runners for the U S now are going to be demoted to second place at best because there's no way in hell they're going to outrun these men. No one's going to outlift this male guy. Cause he's a big boy anyway. And now he's a female, <laughs> not even the strongest Chinese lifters are going to be able to outdo this one. They're not no. sorry. Game over. And they start, what's going to happen now? It's a trickle effect. Well, now you have to let them in the swimming. You have to let them in the pole vaulting and, and discus and everything else. That's going to happen, and it's going to go to track. It's already happening with the, the – listen, we all know that the action sports thing in Olympics is retarded. Go back to X Games, live and die over there. Don't put BMX and skateboarding and all this shit into the Olympics. It's, it's just – it's no. It's just They can't leave well enough alone. Tradition, for some reason, is a bad word. But yes. it's happening. It's there. The fact that she would say that, it's much different than what Tommy Morrison did at the 68th Olympics in Mexico when he raises the black power fist, right? Yes. He wasn't yes. about anti-America. That was basically empowerment for black Americans. I get that. Whatever. It was a much different time. 
And certainly, of course, nowadays, if you look at the news, you would think that, man, we're way worse off than we were in 1863. However, what she said about burning the American flag, if I'm every American who's bleeding American blood and red, white, and blue on her team, I'm running to that podium and knocking her the fuck out. I'm knocking her the fuck out. What scares me is that after the last year and a half with the media and stuff, that part of me thinks they're going to do everything in their power, whatever these powers are, to make sure this person gets gold or they want to see that American flag burn on the podium. And that's what's really bothering me about this because I think they care more about, like you said, the rating. Well, well, this, yeah, this is taking place in Japan. It's in Tokyo. It's Japan. Japan, thankfully, is American-friendly. Um, so they won't allow it to happen. But if this was going on, let's say, Beijing or something like that, they believe me you're right they would do everything they can to make sure that flag burns on the podium right and so it's very distressing so let's go back to the trans thing regarding again dude i didn't want to make this i'm not trans bashing i'm they right now are the not so much victim they're the they're right now they are being used as the uh the pawn in this game so the va has now agreed to pay for sex uh transgender sex changes uh, operations for vets. Yet we have hundreds of thousands, I would say hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of vets homeless that they would refuse to address. What yeah. in the flying fuck has been going on at the VA for the last 30 years that they can't get their shit together? And how every president, doesn't matter if it's Trump, Biden, Obama, Bush, senior, junior, none of them have addressed the VA in a proper manner where they let this kind of shit happen. Yeah, it's... It's so weird, man. Like I'm just, I just get so every time I step away from the news, or I'll just kind of just, I, I get more news that I trust from you and friends, just about articles and stuff we share. Yeah. Uh, but every time you put it on, you just get, you just look at, dude, where are we? This country is such, it's such a great country, and I would not want to be anywhere else. But there's so many little things happening that should be stopped that would make this country that much more. Uh, just amazing. It's I, the transgender stuff. I don't care. The gay stuff. I don't care. If you're be happy, I no one. Care, I don't care about that stuff. It's when you make these ridiculous things. I feel bad for these female athletes. Like if I had a daughter, yeah. Um, and I don't think I have. Um, uh, but if I had a daughter and she's in high school in two years, she's going. She's going for the record for most points in a basketball game. But there's a girl on her team. Uh, that it used to be a guy that's now competing and taking all the points because he's literally dominating. I would kind of be like, this is such bullshit. It's such oh, bullshit. I, and the thing is, that it, it, you can scream and, and do everything you want, but for some reason, these administrators in the athletic department seem to have so much power that, you know what, the majority of parents no longer win anymore. They just basically, they get their platform to kick and scream, and it's left at that. And their daughter, yeah, talking about losing out on scholarships, I mean, they lose out on scholarships. They lose out on scholarships. These parents' only way for some of the kids to get in school is through the athletic ability mixed with some good grades and some, some, all, some you know, activity off of campus to show that they're in leadership positions. However, they are now going to be denied because scholarships are based on your performance and your, and your standings, and they're not going to get that. And unfortunately, athletic directors who are smart enough go, wait a minute, this girl was actually tops. So I'm not even going to think about the person who beat her because that's just not fair. I'm still getting a scholarship. It's the university's decision to make that call at the end of the day. Right. Um, all you can do to with colleges is all the boost, you know, the money's made off boosters and alumni. So let's take that thinking right there. 
So <laughs> this is great. My brother, my brother called me and I wasn't aware of this. It was supposedly a big deal a few weeks ago when it happened. So he went now, to this TCU. Is the brother you reconnected with kind of after your mom's passing? Is this the... correct? Yeah, okay, my, gotcha. my actual my actual blood brother. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so he and I were talking the other day, and he said that he's he's down he's done with TCU as far as alumni giving money to him. I said, "What's going on?" And he said that <clears throat> TCU now is mandated that uh, when kids come to school, they're, they're no longer freshmen; they're first year students because freshmen did not apply because it wasn't about equality. Freshmen, like like okay, wait a minute man w-a-m is in the word woman so because you know why they're appealing to they're worried about the transgender types who are another neither or i'm like well they're they're most transgender be go from men to women so they're still women what's the problem so he basically again here you are tcu one of those things where you think it's the last bastion of like rational i'll say it conservative thinking yeah um is now that hey, listen, it's only a matter of time before the word Christian is ripped from the school because it doesn't it doesn't recognize all the students who go there. Some might be Muslim, some might be agnostic, they might be yeah. atheists. So it's gonna be it's gonna be Texas University of Fort Worth. Is that what it's gonna be? So basically, dude, the way that these adults are cowering to these children, they're still children because they're eighteen to me. Um, they uh, it, it's unbelievable what's going on with the these things and again it's only a few loud voices that shake up the room enough to basically where i think they they what happens is these administrators and these people in charge they just want to shut them up i don't want to hear them bitch anymore so just do it right. well that's fine and dandy but now you've just basically catered tradition to these new world order and what's next? Hey, listen, dude, they're coming for your head. They're not, they're, they're working their way up your body. They started at your neck by doing that. They're coming for your head, dude. What's next? And you're going to have to cower to that because you've already set a precedent. You know what? You say, fuck you out of the gates and you stop there. Sue me, come at me. You show me somewhere where it's legislated that this must happen. And we'll have a discussion on Supreme with the Supreme court about it. Let's take it there will financially bankrupt you on this idiotic fucking dream of yours. But they don't, they cower, dude. I don't, I have zero respect for people that do that, that don't stand up for tradition. Sorry. I'm into it. Uh, the other day, I... Fuck, <laughs> well, man, I'm like you, dude. I, I open up the paper and I'm like, yeah, what it's world just... do we live in? Not even like what country do you live in? What world do we live in? I, think, I know it's ever changing. I know it's yeah. ever changing, dude. But it's like, it's like there's no. You just kind of go and it, it, listen. Media, fucking, if it bleeds, it leads. So that's all you ever see. I mean, you have to look on the tenth page of eleventh page paper to see, boy saves family from fire. <laughs> I think, it like, so for me, I can I'm able to turn that anger and use it as a creative force or juice mm -hmm. to inspire me you're able to do it we know a bunch of people that are able to use this kind of anger but i feel yeah, bad for yeah. see this anger uh who are seeing the hospital bed or at a job they hate but they have to pay the bills and they get this anger they don't know what to do with it. i just feel for those people because i think the media just literally sucks the life out of these people because they don't know anything else and that's what really bothers me about well yeah yeah the truth of matters is that the media should be brought to, to brought to heal and they they've lost their uh any kind of like first or you know amendments freedom of speech amendment it's only freedom of speech when it's the facts it's not based right. on your opinion or narrative that you 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 trump up um 
it, it, dude, it all comes back to something we you and I have discussed about before is the idea of a 24 hour news network. That means that they have to create things in order to fill time. They just can't sit there with dead air. We were much more factual and to the point when we had half an hour shows three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and it was left at that or like a late night thing. And basically the most important things of that day were like, what's the weather going to be like? And who's playing this weekend? Yeah. It's no longer that, dude. It's it's like they find niche and niche and niche and niche and niche. They find like so micro things. And it's amazing. And, you know, dude, the ratings are dropping like across the board. Doesn't matter if Fox, CNN, MSNBC, HLN, uh, one, they're all the networks are dropping like flies as far as their ratings. But the truth is, there's no, whoever the parent company is, doesn't have any other programming to put in that space. So they have to let it keep Or they're lingering. afraid to put the right program in there to make people think um, with fact and just. Yeah. Uh, it's the whole thing. Yeah. I don't get my news from the media. I get my news. No, nah, from... I, I get my news from uh, my friends who are more trusted sources. Like I'm like you, dude. We, we'll, we'll exchange things. We exchange a lot of memes, which are meant to be funny. Unfortunately, they're bullseye true. But the satire, uh, the commentary in those memes is what is what the topic. Oh, is ab- ab- it, it, yeah, right. it's like tongue in cheek and just you know, it's it, it it's 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 you know, it's got gumption. Um. So yeah. So switching gears, dude. So tonight. <clears throat> I had the stupidest idea weeks ago. Stupid. So one of the guests we had on Making Ways was Johnny Hetherington from his band Art of Dying. Well, Johnny's yeah. side, Johnny, Johnny's not even side gig anymore. It's his main gig because he has like Johnny Hetherington's essentials. He does all kinds of sauces like, you know, condiments, ketchups, yes. uh, mustard. Well, he also does a hot sauce. And then we talked to Ron Thale, Bumblefoot, Guns N' Roses, and yeah. Art of Anarchy and all these bands. Uh, he also has a sauce. Then you come start finding out a lot of rock stars have sauces. They're either making sauces or playing golf. And so we started, I got the bright idea. I said, hey, why don't we have a taste test one day on these sauces? And I, the thing is, the whole time, dude, I'm thinking, yeah, just not me. You guys do it. Not me. Because I'm, yeah. I'm highly averse to hot, spicy foods. I just can't do it. Even though living in Texas for such a long time, dude, I'm like, when someone goes, what, you want salsa? I'm like, yeah, give me mild, man. I just want to taste. I don't want to get tortured i want to enjoy my food not oh dude so one time uh, before i get to that so there's a place called monica's aka ie in fort worth and dallas and it's okay. a mexican restaurant and one of their specialties is their enchiladas and you can get some different kind of cheese on it well one time i went in there and we got shitty drunk on margaritas when i was drinking a lot and got really hammered wasn't thinking and they go what cheese do you want and i go All right, whatever he goes in fuego i'm like yeah give me that i didn't realize in fuego meant very hot, hot. And he put it, and I, the tug came to me, dude. And even through my drunk goggles, the heat from the cheese when I ate it, I nearly soiled myself. And it was like the worst. I like crawled under the table because I was in such pain. And I don't know why my, I don't have acid reflux or anything like that, but my taste buds, everything were just numb. So when I recommended this thing, I thought, ah, tongue in cheek. Well, now we're making it fruition. So tonight we're doing the taste test. And it's me, Jennifer, and Al. Chad, Chad can't do it. He's busy. He got out. He got out of it. Yeah. But we're bringing on Matt James from this band, Black Top, Black Top Mojo, who's going to be on on our cruise ship rock. And they're great guys. And he's he's big old Texas boy, you know. Like he's he's going to be a great judge for it. But even he's like, Ugh. so we have six brands. We have the ones from Ron and Johnny, and then we have this brand called Mad Dog Three Five Seven. Okay. Look at the bottle. It's two cross revolvers with gunshots all over the yeah, bottle. 
Then Billy Gibbons has a sauce. He gave us Michael Anthony from Van Halen and then Dexter from Offspring supplied us with some sauce. And they're, they're all ghost pepper based. <laughs> so this is like Scoville scale, you know, where the scale yeah. is like super high. Yeah, it's, it's so basically awesome. we, we're doing a blind test tonight and we have to, we have to sample all six sauces. Oh, crack the bottle, pour it. You have to show pour on whatever you're eating. I'm going to go with burrito and take a bite. Now and I'm like, well, what are we basing this off of? What makes us cry the most or most? What actually has taste? Well, yeah, the most ingenious use of cursing. What the fuck are we doing? Right. So, yes, I guess it's going to be based off heat, taste, whatever you can taste after all said and done, and consistency, things like that. So we're doing that. So it's one of those things where, like, I can't believe I agreed to do this. And I feel like it's going to be that scene from The Meaning of Life of Monty Python when they were overfeeding the guy and he had to wait for Finn Min at the end of the dinner and they had to bring the bucket out. <laughs> If people want to watch this, where they can, can go they... to Facebook Live, Shiprock's Facebook official page, Facebook Live at eight o'clock Eastern, seven Central, five Pacific. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm just going to dress in a brightly flowered shirt to kind of at least make myself feel happy while I'm going through throes of hell. I'm yeah. into, I mean, I hope you're your shirtless doing push ups just to kind of sweat this. I uh, will go shirt. I will go shirtless. I, I'm going to, thank God today's chest day at the gym, dude. Get a little extra pump in there because, yeah, I'm going shirtless, dude. Speaking oh, of shirtless, God. that meme, the picture you shared the other day of uh, Tim Capello from uh, Lost Boys. Oh, the best. The best. What I love, dude, more than anything is that you and I have this, obviously, this vast knowledge of like films and obscure and yes, like weird obscure, scenes, yes. specific scenes out of films. Yes. And it takes a rare mind. And it seems to be people uh, of a certain generation and era that understand those things, right? Like when everyone goes to Caddyshack, let's take Caddyshack as a great example since it has so much. People always turn to either uh, when uh, 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 Murray's playing the golfer and he's like hitting the heads off the flowers and he's pretending he's at Augusta. Things like that or the, yep. the, the baby Ruth in the pool. That's all funny. That's all crass to me, but it's still funny. It's the little things where like the beginning of the film where Danny's going, Danny's Roman Catholic and he's going to, his, he's at his house in the morning before he goes off to the caddy work and he's going through the family and like, they have like, there's like 20 kids in the family. Right. And his dad is like, put the money in the college fund. And he's like 30 bucks. And he's like, Hey, I only saw 15. He goes, and Danny's like, well, I had a couple of burgers and a couple of Cokes at lunch yesterday. He goes, how many Cokes do you have? He goes, I don't know, four or five. He goes, what are you a diabetic? He's like, I don't know. To me, that's just fucking, it's such a throwaway scene, but it's so yes. fucking funny. So the, the, the scene you're referring to, Lost Boys, we all love it, dude, because it's like there's a shirtless bodybuilder, dude, playing oh. saxophone. Tim, What's his last? Tim, Cap Tim Capello. Tom Tim, Capello. Tim, Tim, Tim Capello. And it's like he's almost as more famous than the actual vampires. Well, what's funny, last, before COVID, I reached out to him to invite him to a Shinedown show because me and Barry love Lost Boys. We always yeah. reference that scene. Um, he responded. I, him and I have been really good friends. We literally talk every uh -huh. week. I'm actually trying to get him on Spear Talk. But what he's got a fascinating story about that movie, but what's, what people don't realize He's a world-class musician. He toured the world yeah. for like 11 years with Tina Turner. He's in the Ringles All-Star Band. He is, and he's coming back and doing these specific Lost Boys-centric themed shows with these Comic-Cons. He just put out a new album. The guy's the most humble. And, but when I first saw him, I go, man, like this is going to sound weird, but 
growing up, like you were outside Conan, the occasional uh, action star, like you were my favorite like shirtless dude because I'm like, dude, this guy literally vampires all over on the boardwalk and he's just shirtless rocking out oil to the tits. Yeah, it's almost like he's off limits to vampires basically because yes. he's the cool guy that plays. What he does is he plays his weekly, probably at that boardwalk, he does the Friday night concerts and they're like, that wasn't, I mean, that's a family place, right? The boardwalk, right? But yeah. you look at that concert scene and it looks like it's out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Like it's where are all these scant- it looked like where are the scantily clad hippie chicks and the, the rocker dudes? I didn't see them on the boardwalk. They're not hanging out the arcade. No, we got are leather, living- we got fire. It looked yeah, like they're outside and- the TD Twister dust till dawn. <laughs> Correct. Dude, exactly what it was. I'm like, where in the span of 10 feet did the boardwalk go from family? Oh, honey, don't be a ruse and buy no you're gonna fishing, look no, no fishing past this pier. Yeah, but then down here you got like basically it's like in life at Hef's house. Hell on earth, yeah. Right. So yeah, dude. So I think he's off limits to vampires because he's the guy like he puts on the shows that lures the the people in that we can we can yes. feed on. But the funny thing is, dude, is like unlike we're um, like dust till dawn, where the entire bar ended up being vampires. Yes. They were just that whole crowd was just humans. That wasn't there weren't like mass vampires no, was- in that crowd. It was just like it was just a thing, but it. The, uh, what I love that scene, I love when we put that stuff on the Spear Talk page because so many people who follow us get it. They're like, "Oh my god, that dude!" They like. I just love that they're all in on the joke. That's why I love that 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 well, group of people that follow. I got we. They, they commented, but like for our friends, like Marcus Torgerson or Jason Piccolo or different yeah. people that were yeah. friends the industry of security we're like oh i remember this movie and they start spewing these lines and like or bc yeah. Sanders, another one where it's just like i remember going up to this movie i remember this gun or i remember that kill it's just like dude, it's super movies uh without the back it just seems like now every movie outside a couple of popcorn movies that the mm-hmm. critics hate because they have no yeah. political agenda uh yeah. back in the day like those movies of the 80s and 90s man whether it's best uh, the best roadhouse lost boys uh Red Dawn, Monster Dude, like even Squad. even this morning, the thing we put up, the thing we put up, I put up, we put up the Will Ferrell thing, just yes. to kind of thank everyone for following, right. sticking, understanding our humor, but realize we're dead serious about what the business is, but we like the spice in our right, humor right. and our pop culture references. With everything. It's just fucking great, and they're like, oh my god. I think pop culture um, is it's like almost like that chicken noodle soup for your soul, man. Like for me, it's just like, yeah. if you're having one of those weird off days where you, you can't be creative or you just can't focus in the gym or you mm-hmm. don't want to get out of bed. I just think of a movie or a television clip where I'm like, I start laughing. I'm just like, oh, man, I, yeah. I'm, I'm like this Dude, is- I, I think it's also, it's a great marketing tool. It's a great way to use that as uh, some sort of example for whatever. Like we always use Roadhouse for some of our stuff talking about security and like bouncing and dealing with customer service you know, be nice until you no longer right. can be nice. And so those things are just great reference points for that too. I mean, we always talk about like, we always reference Silver Spear team, all the all the, all the the uh, security officers that work for you guys are under the umbrella. And we always reference like the crew from like the thing or alien, you know, here's our, you know, it's all about team, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, so, and then, so those well. are, there's great reference points that gets people in who, may not be too hip to what the security culture is, but they are very hip to what film culture is and how we utilize that and spice it into our marketing scheme. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Like tonight's, I already got mine. I already got tonight's. I mean, it's just something I actually shared on Facebook. I'm like, I'm using this later. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm using this. Fuck yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna perfectly cement our attitude towards how we look at what Silver Spear represents. No, I uh, I love it. You're obviously an expert at that. Where it's you could you could do you could do it, keep it super professional, but also make you think, have fun, laugh, questions. You gotta stuff. have fun like, with it, dude. You gotta no, lure people in with the 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 imagery, right? Like that that image is funny, but how it correlates to the message is what is gonna stick with people. Now, the other day I watched, I follow Gary V on social media. Um, I just I, wa- I stopped watching Gary for a while. I got to get back to it because to me, he always just struck me as a guy that's trying to be in the street and act like, like, like the white guy trying to act like a bro. You know, it's just like, ah. Yeah, you know? no, it, it, that's kind of why, like, I, I've always followed, but I don't necessarily agree with all the content per se. But he, yeah. he talked about something in his latest videos where he's kind of like, he wants to create a social media platform that only allows you to post once a day. So every 24 hours, you get one post. It doesn't matter if you're at the Lakers, Gary V, yeah. me or you. He goes, yeah. well, this is going to prove that content really is king. And whatever post you have for that day, it's got to mean something. So if I yeah. follow it, you follow it, it's going to mean something. And he's like, because he basically says that Instagram and social, like Facebook and all this stuff has become convoluted with influencers and bullshit. People are losing, people are losing sight of the real good content that people are mm-hmm. producing. Uh, because they, they get distracted with uh, influencers or all this other crap. So I, I thought it was kind of... Uh... No, dude, listen, I think we're all guilty of when the inspiration hits you post. But sometimes I, I'll sit there and do it and I'll like post it and I'll look at it. I'll be the first to look at it because I, I knew I put it up. I'll look at it and go, not, not good enough. Delete it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I mean, because if you just left up every brain fart you had, it'd be like, it'd be like so hodgepodge. And now you're just like, kill, you're just filler. Uh, it's like all filler, no killer, right? Yeah, no, I. Uh, it's 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 so tough because you and I have always talked about oh we can only, like, people say you can only post once a day or this time of day. But nah, you, know nah. you do what fits you, and if something inspires you at that moment, put it out there. Because sometimes where I'm like, uh, like you always read like these algorithms or like the stuff or the oh poster this hour this hour. If yeah, if yeah. people are following your page. And they're going to come to your page regardless. So just put it out there. Um, it's just, I don't like being told you can't do this. You can't do that. Like the normal people have to do this hour. No, you don't stop being normal. Be different. Well, yeah. You know what? The market figures it out. And there's like, dude, there's times when we'll post something and we'll get a lot of traction on it. And there's times when it just kind of like feels like it's fluttering in the wind and that's fine too. It'll live right. there forever. And people who might join the page later might go through our thing and go, Oh, that's cool. And like it. And then, it doesn't matter. It's already out there, you know, and you just live to fight another day. But I'm like you, dude. There's like, I look at like, I have like a schedule that says like, this is when you should post if you are in the Pacific at this time, or if you're on the East Coast or West Coast. I'm like, what if I'm busy? What if I can't get to do something like that? I just, I, I want to put this up now or the inspiration will leave me and I, I can't do it. And that's sad. That's why they do. You know why? That's why people hire out these agencies because most agencies are not creative minded like that. They basically no, are very administrative minded. Right. You've given yeah. them what you want to post. They just time it for you. The creative mind um, is something that just, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. Cause that's the, that's the OCD of the creative mindset. And just because you, you run a security firm doesn't mean you're not a creative motherfucker. Right. And you have that mindset going. That's, that's why you bought a camera. Cause you want to do landscapes because you're creative part of your brain needs to be fed. Well, let's, let's talk about that. I think what people, 
I, I, I have found the people I resonate with and like, gravitate towards, like yourself, uh, numerous others, but mm-hmm. I don't care what field you're in, whether you're a doctor, a teacher, or a stay-at-home mom, or whatever, the people that are super creative with what they, the time they have and what they do with their time, I mm-hmm. love those people. And I think people are always afraid that, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a, a plumber, or I'm, I'm just a veterinarian, or like you could still be super creative in your life doesn't necessarily have to be your job per se, but you can still be creative and find time to create some stuff that you think if it's going to make you happy, why would you do it? I just love these people that don't suppress themselves with not being creative. Dude, you know what's depressing to me? Two of my favorite photographers anywhere and not just IG. One of them is this guy, Jonas Rask, which he's a Fuji ambassador. Basically Fuji sends him gear and he does it. He's Swedish. And he's the most incredible photographer and gear, like, you know, reviewer and everything. The fucking doctor. So he's got that on his plate. And then you've got Lee Jeffries, who's like the most incredible, like, portrait. does all those portraits of people who are homeless to bring attention. Yes. He's a fucking accountant. And so it's like they have day jobs. They do the shit when they're not burdened with their own professional work, which probably keeps them down 12 to 12 hours a day. Oh. And so, so basically, I'm... I will admit I'm jealous of that. I'm like, I'm jealous of that discipline and balance to not only be this great, you know, be, I'd love to be an accountant. I'd love to be a doctor. I mean, this talent that takes alone. And then secondly, be this ultra creative, uh, but very humane uh, artist. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I listen there. I know people, we both know people who like their whole professional photography or video and they're incredible at it. Their gift is 100% creativity all the time. But I'm always just amazed at people who have a burden of of work or family or whatever, but still can find time to do all those things, juggle that kind of, especially those kind of jobs and disciplines to do this. So I applaud that, dude. But it's no different than musicians, man. I have friends of musicians right now. They're working other jobs in order to pay for the creativity because they go broke if they're waiting around the tour. Yeah, I think there's a there's an important yin and yang there. I mean, you look at those yeah. the accountant and the doctor. They had to put 20, 30 years before they probably even got to the level they're at their their creative outlet. Oh like, yeah, so, yeah. They didn't so, just grow up. They didn't like pick up a camera one day and go, "Wow, look, I crap." I, right, like you were. I, I, I have this museum worthy portrait. Right. Uh, oh, but no, also going to cure brain cancer. You can't. But yeah. it's just cool, like you said, that these people are able to. Do here's the thing you and I we don't have to be a doctor, we don't have to be an accountant, you and I don't have to be make create life saving or changing portraits or these paintings. We can still do what we do creatively and change yeah. a little aspect for someone else's life or our own life. Each Dude, day. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're like, hey man, you know what I do when I'm not working? I like to cook, great creativity. You know, I'm, I'm you're the only person that can post a picture of scallions, Brussels sprouts, carrots, and like a turn up on a cutting board with a knife, and me be like. Dude, this is art. Like I never. Well, you know where I got that from, Dexter. When oh, he used to line yeah. up like you know all the, the shit to kill. Yeah, it's like basically it's like there's a band Carcass. You're familiar with them. Yes. They got I a new single out. Yeah, they before when they first started out, they were basically like one of their like was interested in the medical field, so they'd always go through medical journals and all their cover album covers were like medical like dissertation books, and they were all just disgusting cadavers and stuff like that. Well. They're all vegan too, which is funny. Um, so their new single, I forgot the name of Kelly's something or another, Kelly's Meat Emporium or something is the name of the song. It's a crazy name. Anyway, they basically the album work is like an as a heart and arteries, but it's all done with like vegetables. Like whoever the artist was that sculpted these vegetables and that look like the internal organs is fucking genius. 
And it all comes from that, dude. It also comes from like the art, you know, when military planes, like they show the armaments and they have it like strategically placed. That's all that thing with yes. the vegetables is, is like, you know, the, the surgery that is cooking is like, I have to have all my tools and my, my produce in a row. Like just that, again, that's the OCD kind of like, I can't have, I need to keep things in order, man. Everything has its place. Let me ask you this after <laughs> now it looks like the world is clearly opening up. I mean, some sure. stress with mandates and vaccines. Great. Is there anything that you did? Uh, this two part question. Is there anything you did during the year and a half where we were shut down at home and do all this stuff? Is there anything that you're going to carry on moving forward? Or is there anything you did during this time that you're not going to keep doing as the world opens up? Cooking is going to be one thing I finally got under my belt where I feel confident as a cook to give it to other people and serve them and be like proud of my dish and them go, yeah, that's really fucking good. Yep. Um, secret weapon, cumin. <laughs> anyway, cumin's a great spice. Cumin and turmeric is, are great spices. Love I, I'm not a big Indian food guy, but they just kind of will take a usual traditional meat. Like the other day, um, you know, used instead of like balsamic, uh, 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 the <laughs> balsamic beer, balsamic extract where you can just kind of lightly glaze vegetables. I yes. used honey. I used honey instead because I didn't have any. I was like, it's such a, you know what it's like to have like baked asparagus with honey on it. It's, it's an unusual dish, but it tastes really good. Yep. Um, so cooking, I will take with me. Uh, everything else, man, I really didn't miss. I thought you were going to ask something else. Like, is there anything that you were deprived of that you won't miss? And I got to be honest with you, man, if I didn't work in this business, I don't know if I'd ever go to another show. I didn't know if I was missing shows as much. I don't go to concerts unless I'm working. I, cause I, I there's I miss- a few that have my interest. There's a few have my interest. And I have spent a little money for tickets just cause I really want to see the act. I really but just want to be a fan. So I, all right. So I, I'll take my statement back. I guess if I'm with the right people and it's like yeah. a really cool show and I don't have to, I have no problem being in the general pop of the crowd. Uh-huh. That being said, I don't, this last year just told me I can still appreciate the music and appreciate it, man. I bet the thing is when you've seen easily a oh. thousand shows in your life, you kind of go, I've seen that and I've been there and I've done that and I'm, I enjoy it, but it's always the thing with the concerts, you get older, parking, traffic, the noise, oh, $15 man. for a beer. Are you fucking kidding? It's just like, you gotta work how am I day. better served on this again? And, but I do miss the, I do miss the times when my buddies and I would get together and like leave our wives or whatever families away. Hey, this is our night for the six of us to go to a rush show. Where the tradition carries on, man. Tradition means something. Or a maiden show. Like the, the yes. that's an event. I don't want to just go to a gig. I want to go to an event like that. But not an event like a big spectacular thing. That drives me nuts. Um, the uh, we we left, and I'll be there next year uh, at Hellfest with Shinedown. Uh, uh-huh. But that lineup that came out there. It's like if you. Yeah. It's basically like, dude. Yes. So we talked. That was one of our things. If you're not a band. <laughs> Other than a few ones like Maiden or whoever, ACDC, and you're not on the list at Hellfest, do you actually exist? Well, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> the year, the, in 2023, when they do that, you're going to either have to have Iron Maiden, Robstein, Tool, or System Down, or Kiss, because if they keep going. But you have so many hard-hitting bands that you're just kind of like, dude, the B stages would fill out amphitheaters in the USA. Well, the funny thing is like, Hellfest is amazing because because you've got the first weekend. They were genius too. The first weekend yes. is it's usually sold just out. a weekend, it's a one weekend thing. Sold out. It's been the, basically ticket holders are gonna be now three years holding other tickets or two years, two years holding tickets. They add us decide, hey, 
let's add another weekend. Why not? Because there's enough 15th anniversary. Yeah, there's enough play here that we can do this. And then they line up the band. If I'm ticket owner of the first weekend, I'm going, look at that second weekend. Holy shit. You know, right. you're you're gonna get repeat customers, right? Oh, Unless I, they probably but unfortunately, but the thing is it's the next weekend people are traveling to health to health this. I don't, it's gonna be really hard for people to go, I'll spend a week here, I'll come back to France. But in Europe, you can get back to France by train it, like that. It does make it kind of a cool concept where you could have a, a two and I know it's tough. It's kind of like uh Danny Weber will do like a three-day festival, say in Rock Oklahoma or not Rock Loba, uh Rock of the Range. Each day obviously uh-huh. a different lineup, but to actually do a two weekend festival where literally you're changing it's out changed. everything everything's in, changed insanity but here's the, thing, little... the the central merch for the festival will stay the same but the different bands will have their own merch it's just it's super super just it's probably one of the best coolest festivals uh it just sucks it's in france yeah <laughs> yeah it's so funny because you look at that lineup and you go there is nothing in the world in the history of man that has ever touched the staggering amount of bands on that Hell lineup. No. And they're not, oh, well, this put this, we'll put Metallica, some like bands underneath it. No, seriously, you have to get down to the very small fine print to find someone who's not a heavy hitter. And even then you're like, they have, they had two yeah. radio hits in America. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane, dude. And like, I, I, I just laugh at some of the placement of those bills because you kind of go, how the fuck is like Europe above White Snake or whatever? But that's just the nest of location. That's the region that band happens to sell or do better in that region. Uh, but it's an amazing lineup, and bravo to the Hellfest people who did that. It's an independent festival, dude. It's fucking amazing. It, it, it's 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 yeah. it's, it's earth shattering. I'm you know I, dude, I'm gonna buy a pair of tickets, and I if I go I go. If I don't, I'm gonna hold tickets to say you know what I bought. I have tickets. I'm a ticket holder for this show. I didn't go to, but my God. Makes you wonder. And, like, I know we talked about earlier, but w- what if they did this as the 50th anniversary as a way to entice Live Nation to buy this? I don't know. What's the point of selling? You're making so much. Well, that's the thing. Like, that, you know, dude, I, dude, can you I imagine the talent? The, the talent bill must have been $10 million. Oh, probably more, more than that. Just more travel. That. All those are one-offs. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. Um. But I, again, it just shows that the festival culture, I mean, we're trying over here. We're trying. Danny's doing a great job of it. I mean, we have, um, his is almost kind of good in a sense it is a traveling festival because a lot of those bands, he just slots in there every weekend, right? Yeah. You know, you're going to see Rob Zombie at everything. You're going to see this go around. You'll see, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're going to see them, right. And that's great. That's great because people in Jacksonville didn't get to see the same thing as people in like Columbus or, 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 yeah, wherever. Um, but I mean, it's so painful to what they're doing in Europe and what they've always done with Bakken or Sweden Rock or Norman Fest. It's just, you know, dude, you guys have played those things at Nazem, Download, the mother of yep. all, man. Reading, you know, Leeds. It's incredible. We're trying. Uh, you mentioned Download, and I don't, a lot of times people ask me, like, what's a really cool moment? And I never think of it in, in the music industry. And mm-hmm. in 2018, when I did Download with uh, Shine Down, we were third from the top. Uh, I think Ozzy Osbourne or Sabbath, whoever there was a headliner, and then there was Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson, us, and then the headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walked to the crowd with Brent, like it was one of those things God. where like, I'm so lo- I'm so locked in, like I yeah I'm yeah yeah. I don't, I don't care if there's two billion people or five people, like I'm ready to go. But 
my adrenaline's going. I get back on stage and I look over at the stage manager, Charlie, and he's like, he gives me like a fist bump and he goes, How was it? I go, Oh, whatever. He goes, and he, it is funny. He was like, John, John, this is fucking Darlington. And I'm kind of like, it wasn't until I got back on the bus that night where I'm like, man, do you realize growing up, I used to watch the Monsters of Rock stuff and all this crazy shit. I hear all these stories. And here I was literally in a crowd of 100,000 people. Yeah. It just, it just Stuff like that. It's just super. And I'm not the guy that gets emotional about like, I don't, it's a memory that I'll cherish. And, but it is super cool to do what we do uh, and just kind of just do it. I mean, you get to talk to, these artists Dude, it's, 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 it's ridiculous like you know like, oh, like tonight like tomorrow we have frank bella from anthrax i love frank he's one of the nicest guys not just in this business in the world he's just a he nice guy right yeah yeah been through a lot but we've had him on motorboat we we had him uh a couple years ago on ship rock and did a project there but um um to have him on i'm going man i'm thinking man you know i had posters of you on my wall in college not high school you guys weren't around yet college and it's just like it's so so it's surreal but then at that point you just you're you're just two adults talking two adult males talking shit talking about life or his career or whatever but do we so you mentioned that thing and i granted i was out within this moment for summer 2019 and we did the disturbed run which is always great uh arena show, uh, the good thing about that band people like well what was it like i'm like well i tell you what i got to work a lot of different scenarios in a short amount of time so we did the club the yep. theater the arena and the festival Right. So you work all those different things. You, you sort out security for all those different things. But anyway, I always loved going to the arena thing and then going, you know, going up in music and loving music and reading the magazines as a kid and just being so into it. And then finally being my day where I basically walking down the corridor, going to one of the dressing rooms and going five minutes. It's a fucking you're like, hey, the fuck am I? you got to do. I love this place, but you did Bassett Square Garden with that tour, right? No, we did not. We did not. Which I, I one didn't do, did you do? Uh, we basically did everything Target from Target Center. You did, uh, yeah, we did a Target Center. We did Portland. Uh, we did, we basically did a run through like Tampa, which is fire gotcha. service. Pretty cool. Um, we did a lot of like the war memorials, man. You know, you're going through Indianapolis and yep. people like that, you know, uh, trying to think like the dude, my favorite festival is like, um, heavy Montreal. I, that's the one festival I have never, we were supposed yeah, to dude, do it with, you with Nickelback because we were, it was funny because yeah, you're right. It was like, us and then someone above us and then slayer oh no it's us it's like yeah slayer was the headliner so it's funny when you're loading on and you're like your shit is packed right next to the slayer and you're yeah. like going fucking slayer it's, it's just it's just a cool moment dude it's like you're kind of like it's that moment where you're like huh and i like you know my road case ended up being that old chili peppers road case i'm going man how many stories are in this damn thing that i before i got to it you know it's just the stuff that was spilled on those road cases. Just the stuff that was like, yeah, like hide it in there, dude. Like how many times had that been used as a mule? <laughs> just <laughs> and, a, but dude, a... but that, dude, man, so that moments where you're like, you know, you're telling the band, hey, you got five minutes and then we're going. And this, that's such a, it seems like so like throwaway, but it's, it means great. And after, I'm sure after 50 shows, you're like, Jesus, all right, let's go. But it, to me, it was like, it meant a lot. It, it, it just, and it, it'll always stick with me, that memory. And I, yeah, I, for all the hassles, man, you know, the, the, the highs, the highs so outweigh any lows you might run into. And they're never lows. They're just little like hiccups. Well, it's like it's, you need those to kind of step to the highs though, too. Like you just can't. Yeah. Um, it can't be high all the time because then you're like, you know, then you get off, you get loose focus, right? Well, I think you think everything's to... gravy, yes. man. 
yeah, like everyone, you kind of it kind of resets your balance a little bit, where it kind of keeps yeah. you uh, levitating at the uh, equal equal level there. Yeah, man. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess you and I, we get so used to what we do for work, and it's like some stuff. Like, oh, I met this guy. I met. Oh, I was here. Like, I don't. Oh, you did Red Rock. Oh, you did. Uh, okay, cool. Terrible loaded. It, like, so part of me, I, I don't know. I, I get I don't not that I get negative. Terrible but loaded. Like, everyone's just like, oh, I love like you. a true yeah. bro. Terrible. But I'm loaded. just like, oh, that loading dock sucks. Like, so that part of me, like, it's not yeah. it's me kind of jokey, but it's that negative yeah. kind of like, I've been there, done that. Nothing in this world will ever impress me unless I could do a gig in heaven. Uh, fingers crossed, I make it up there. Yeah, and you know what? Well, you don't want to be impressed because you're looking. Your job is not to be impressed. Your job is to find the holes that your band's your band needs to overcome. Right or deal with or no, navigate. I mean, so I, mean, I, I, I literally took a picture inside the tube of Christ in Bethlehem. For me, I would be hard pressed to, to beat that because yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so yeah. It's like I mean, hey, dude, I sit at the foot of the Grand Canyon on the west side. What are you gonna do to impress me? I'm kind of seeing what the world has to offer yeah, as far as like, grand nose things. Oh, you, you know? should. I I have yet to actually see the Grand Canyon. I, I for me what? to not see the Grand Canyon and not go to Disneyland or Disney World. I I want to maintain that as long as yeah, I can. I'm sure somewhere, and you guys have you guys are gonna be on the road for next well millennium. Fifty years. I'm sure yeah. somewhere you're gonna have a day off in Orlando or outside of Anaheim, oh, so you I, can I, wander every and time, do that. Every time those guys or go to Disneyland off. overseas, where it's really I'm just cool. Like, uh, I just don't, I, I'd rather go to a water park and just what, you, what, what you need to do, dude, is when you guys play Singapore, whenever that may be <laughs> oh, in Malaysia, yeah. go to Singapore Universal and have your mind twisted and blown. Yeah, yeah. literally, yeah, dude. But uh. Yeah, man. So it's it's interesting um, that Hellfest Bill. It's just uh, it's something. I again, hats off to them. I tell you, my dream is always. They're like, "What do you? What's your dream?" I'm like, "My dream would be to work for Tomas at Vakin, and just work that festival." Be I don't give a shit what I be doing, pulling cables. I don't care. I'd love to just be there because being a metalhead. Um, that it's, guy, it's, it's, I it's, follow it's, it's Nirvana. It's that's the that's yeah. the motherland. I uh, he's on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. we're friends on there, and not like have you guys played that. Uh, uh, no, Shine Down. I haven't done with Shine Down. No. Um, okay. And but either way, like we're not friends, friends, but we'll comment or whatever. And but yeah. I, his work ethic and what he's done for the culture, and I can't think of the name of the guy, the promoter for uh, Bloodstock too. But mm-hmm. either way, those two guys like through the pandemic had been so like uh, maybe inspirational uh, with like, Hey, we're going to do this. We do this. We're going to make this a lot better. We're going to add another day. We're going to do this. It's just super yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. see really give a shit about their product and to withstand cool. when festivals, as you know, change every year, they blow out or whatever. And to see them still kicking ass is pretty inspirational. Well, you know, they, they, they not so much blood stock, but Vak and Tom, he he gets by on the fact that he's very lucky the sense that it sells out regardless of who's playing. It just sells out because it's a culture thing now. It's, music's still very important, but it's secondary. Like, you know, to have the gall to have Limp Biscuit as one of your bands at Vakin, which is basically a no-no in the metal world, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's just putting them on there because they'll deliver. But you got Priest, you know, headlining it as like one of the main headliners for the 50-year tour, which makes sense. And then Udo and all those bands underneath yes. it. But they have Limbus because the outlier hit the point is like, hey, look, you know what? I'm not going to be dictated to and how I'm going to do this. You guys can come or not come. They come. They come. He never has to worry about those tickets selling because guess what? The waiting list is, I'm sure, 20,000 deep. 
And right. so, but they still take risk, man. They're not sitting on their laurels because if that was the case, they would just book Doro and accept every year and like, you know, and whoever or else and just do that. Shaker project, Temple of Rock and all that stuff, correct. Well, which is great because that would do very well and it does well. And those festivals are, are still custom made for bands like that that don't translate over here anymore. But I mean, like, you know, he'll have Maiden and he'll have all those bands, the marquee bands they always expect and they're always going to deliver. So yeah, that but Bloodstock's a different one. Bloodstock's a little bit of an outlier, man, because they do they do some crazy stuff. Right. And it, what I do love the fact though that the only place I've really seen it is Psychofest in Vegas, where they've taken that European model and said, you know what? We're gonna give you a weekend in Vegas of black metal bands. And guess what? We're gonna sell it out. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll we'll do uh candle mass into uh weed eater to uh, just cannibal yeah whoever and the thing is i I got tickets for friday night because i want to see emperor and i've never seen i haven't seen emperor since bach in 2006 oh so you're i love them i'm going i'm going to friday night because i had to see emperor because there's the only time they've ever played the states but then there's band underneath him is like uh is uh the guy from uh wu-tang gza what's the thing giza 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 okay And then underneath him is like iconic Fox. liquid swords. Yeah. yeah. Well, then underneath them is like Satyricon and what's hanging and all the fucking black mayhem. And I'm thinking, and then like underneath that, you got lower down, you got some DJs, you got some like new wave acts. I'm like, what balls? You know, because, and then I'll probably stick around and go to Sunday night because it's down and Exodus and like uh, high on fire, just like fucking, uh, you know, bullet, bullet, bu- bullet belt fucking shit. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's but that's why Psychofest is such an amazing. They took all the European festivals that we love and basically like condensed it down into this weekend in Vegas. And I'm thinking if it sells out, then that really shows you that what a, it, it's it's doable, it's workable. You know, it doesn't need to be like you know radio killers in order to sell a festival. Keep it small yeah. and really, and that, you, they, they, you do. You've probably been on the old New New England hardcore and metal festivals. Hell yeah. Where it's just took like, place over a weekend and it did sold out and it was like the hardest of the hardcore and it sold out. I mean, yeah. It doesn't have to be massive to be cool. No, it doesn't. I think it's I, I do like the variety too, where it's everything. Yeah, variety, man. Yeah. Dude, listen, possible. variety, variety. That's why this year on Shipbox, man, initially when I was like, there were some of these bands that are gonna work, but then you really listen to more and you go, you know what, man, our whole thing is. And that's Alan's drive. He's like, you know, we love having metal. We love having hard rock, but we need to expand it because we want to bring in, we want to make it open for everyone. We don't want to make it just exclusive to like, you know, dudes and jorts. We want to make it like, you know, something that people can come on and go, yeah, oh, that's a really musicians. cool, like, like a dancey new wave act. But then I'm going to go get my head kicked in by Lamb of God. That's what we want. You know, I we would want love to- like an 80s or like a current new wave cruise. You know how much fun that would be? Dude, it would just be fun. I, they, they, why can't Tom we have a cruise? Well, my sell is this: is like I think a Depeche Mode uh, cruise would be massive. It would sell out immediately because just on Depeche Mode because they're still doing arenas in this country. They're massive. Do them, and then you do all the bands that are influenced underneath them um, to come on board and, and play. You know, why can't you build it around that or Duran Duran? Why can't you have a New Romantics cruise? Uh, why you know, dude? And I'm not saying have a new wave cruise. Like I hate these eighties cruise because they want to mix in Tony Basil with Flock of Seagulls. I'm like, that's not it. You're getting it wrong. Hey, you're getting it wrong. You know, I know Damien Elfman has not wanted to ever do Oingo Boingo again. I can't imagine why. Oh man, I would would kill myself. The Halloween shows are the best. He could do one Halloween show a year or like every so often. 
an Oingo Boingo cruise, man. That way you could have everything from, you know, mariachi to wherever else influenced them. Yeah, but he could, then he could do like uh, the Friday night. The theater is the uh, Tim Burton stuff. It's the Tim Burton night, or the yeah. other night is uh, back to school. It's entire like just stuff like that where it's just like yeah, dude, it's just so it, there's dude, yeah, it's it's ripe and no one's no one's touching upon that. But it's it, if if you're looking at the box scores right now and Polestar and what's going out. New wave bands from back in the day are going out. The Cruel World Festival in Pasadena nearly sold out immediately. And that's like Morrissey and Bauhaus and underneath, you know, Blondie and Buzzcocks, yeah. whoever underneath them. I'm like, OMD is going out. Psych, Psych Furs are going out. I mean, like all these bands are going out because they realize, wait, hold on. Why have we been sitting idle? The 80s is not just about rock. It's a, we created the early 80s was focused on us. Our fans are at the point where their kids are out of school. They're out of the house. They've got money. They want to go relive their memories. And, you know, not everyone wants, you know, my memories aren't tied to like poison. My memories are tied to fucking like, you know, the fix. Yep. So go see those bands. So these bands are going out and touring and playing small 800 seaters. Men, I mean, Colin Hay does well on his own. He's put men to work back together to go out and tour this stuff. Why not go, go play to 1200 people a night. Like, see, I would love, to see a uh, golden earring tour of the States. And I would love to see a midnight oil tour of the States. I would just, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, midnight oil would be incredible, but I don't, I just don't see Peter. Girl no, never do it won't. again. But no, yeah, it's, oh, it's, I can see, I mean, they'll do a one-off in Sydney from time to time and play to like a hundred thousand people. You know, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. Look, man, the, the, the fact that Adam Ant is still going out and doing his thing with Adam and the Ants or whatever his version of it is, and they're doing like 800 seaters. I, I mean, remember those uh, and, pictures you posted. You took to that show, dude. He's the best. And I, that, yeah, yeah, it's just like I love stirring. I love posting old photos of that, like and stirring people's memories. I love that shit, man. I, I fucking love it because then you go. There's still such an interest for this stuff. People will go see this, and they go, "I, I wish I could see him." I'm like, "He's touring. Go see him. Yeah, Don't be a bumping yeah. along. Go see him." Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, this was uh, this was good, man. We 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 went social. We, we went political. We buzzsawed. We buzzsawed. That's right. That's right. We anyway, sure. so yeah, dude, we got uh, the Euro Cup. Go Scotland. Scotland wins today. If they beat Croatia, somehow beat Croatia today. What time did that game? Two o'clock your time. Um, time. If they beat Croatia, they get they go to the next round, which is unheard of. Scotland is this year's Iceland for the Euros. You I know, want to like see that, people they, in William Wallace face paint with swords. Well, they're playing they're playing in Glasgow too today oh, against Croatia. Yeah. To, 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 imagine you and I there drinking a beer, just partying yeah. with these animals. Yeah. God, well, wow. Tyler, Tyler, my nephew, he's in Berlin with his girlfriend right now. That, that's where she's from, and that's where she lives. They just got engaged. Um, oh, awesome. He, yeah, they were you know a big Germany fan. And so they, they say the other night when they, they were at the beer garden, whatever beer garden in Berlin, massive, obviously, hall, drinking hall, uh, during the Germany-Portugal game, he said it was just, he's never seen anything like it. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Damn, damn, damn. Well, that's awesome, dude. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah so we'll uh, check in with you guys later. Uh, thank you for checking out Scatterbrain. And uh, hopefully we can do these more regularly now. But it was good to kind of get this 90 minutes of – whatever out of our has this been 90 minutes it's been 90 minutes. oh yeah holy shit dude time flies when you're having fun right you're spewing uh whatever so awesome guys we'll talk to you guys later and uh thank you for the support all right catch up with you later later bye